You're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Today's speaker will be Pastor Terry Wong. We're going to talk about peace. Uh, look at this slide. Uh, you know, World War II was a very difficult battle. It consumed the nation and the world in war. The world was at war. But when peace came in Japan and peace came with the Germans, everybody thought World War II was the war to end all wars. They said, we'll never do this again because it was so horrific. Well, that was wishful thinking. We've had many wars since then. Right now, you know, the U.S. at times is on the brink of nuclear war. We know there's wars going on and battles all over the world. Not only that, we are in conflict here in the United States. Uh, our government's in conflict. The two parties fight. Uh, we're in conflict in our neighborhoods. We're in conflict at homes. We're in conflicted within ourselves. And why is that? Because nothing has changed since Cain and Abel, since Cain killed Abel. Since he became selfish and jealous, it drove him to kill his brother. Nothing has changed. And we know that our sinful nature brings conflict. It brings chaos and confusion. What we need is peace in our lives. And so that brings us to our four topics we've been studying. How to experience God's presence, God's purpose, God's power, and today we're going to talk about God's peace. And I was touched by the Spirit to talk about these issues to really understand what each of these mean. Jesus Christ offers us the peace that passes all understanding. And today I want to talk about where does that come from? How do we get this peace that Jesus offers us? It's very different from the world's peace. So our first thought here says this, God's love gives you peace. We've learned that the key to experiencing God's presence, His purpose, His power, and peace is being in the middle of God's love. We see this in John 14, 23. Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will obey my teachings. My Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear from me are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. And we see once again how important it is to love and how important it is that we obey the greatest commandment, to love God completely and to love our neighbor sincerely. When we love this way, it is easy for peace to be a part of our lives. Why is the world so empty? Why does the world seem so lost and conflicted? Because they don't know God's love. When you are unloved, when you feel unloved, when you're lonely in a crowd, it makes you insecure, it makes you anxious and afraid. On the other hand, when you have God's love in your heart, in your head, and you experience God's love, God wants to make his home with us. God wants us to live with him forever. And that gives you a great sense of belonging. That great sense of belonging gives you peace. So we need to be in God's love. The second thing we see is that God's word gives you peace. You know, peace isn't just given to us. We use God's love and God's word to understand it and to acquire it. John 14, 25. All this I have spoken to while I was still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. The Holy Spirit reminds us of everything that Jesus has said to us. Maybe he'll remind you of something you heard in a sermon 
or in a quiet time in a devotion. Uh, verse 27, peace I leave you. My peace I will give you. I do not give you, I not, do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Is your heart troubled today? There's something pulling at it? Is your, uh, are you afraid of something? You have some fear in the back of your mind? You know, when we look at this verse, it reminds us once again that the Holy Spirit is a conduit for God's love. And that means the Holy Spirit is a conduit for God's peace. The Holy Spirit reminds us of God's Word. But if you don't have God's Word in your head and your heart, you have nothing. You have no power. The promises, the, the powers in the promises of God. See, when we know God's Word and it's in our head and heart, and we, are, we, we find a situation where we are tempted, we are provoked by someone. Someone makes us mad and we want to get angry. The Holy Spirit reminds us to speak the truth with love. The Holy Spirit reminds us to be gracious, to be forgiving, to be understanding, uh, to talk out a situation and to show mercy. God's peace comes from knowing God's word. But what kind of peace are we really talking about? Most people think of peace as being the absence of noise, uh, no conflict, no chaos. Uh, one of my daughters recently, she made a confession to me. She comes up to me and goes, Dad, you know, Mom, you know, just, I just want to let you know, sometimes when we, she has four kids under the age of seven. Okay, so there's no, that's just chaos <laughs> and conflict and confusion. She goes, well, sometimes when I ask you to watch the kids and you come over, I just go drive into a shopping, shopping uh, lot and park in the car and just sit there in the parking lot. Because she just wants a little peace and a little quiet. But you know, that's not what Jesus is talking about. Jesus is not talking about external peace, inner peace. When we have inner quiet, inner peace. Now look at this word, shalom. Shalom, the, the, the Hebrew word for peace, it's a precious word to the Jewish people. It means much more than just the absence of war or distress. Shalom means wholeness, completeness, completeness, uh, health, security, and prosperity, a total well-being. But I think Jesus, when he uses the word peace, adds this. Jesus' peace goes much deeper spiritually. It has courage, confidence, and completeness in Jesus Christ. See, the world bases its peace on resources. You know, I'll be at peace when I make enough money to take care of things. I'll be at peace, you know, when my neighbor moves away that's so noisy. We used to have a neighbor that just had parties till 1 o'clock at night. <laughs> you know, and it was no peace and quiet. Ronald Reagan had a phrase, peace through strength. And that means you have more weapons and more power than your enemy, and they'll leave you alone and you'll have peace. But God's peace does not depend on our resources, our physical resources. God's peace depends on our relationship with Him. If I am right with God, I will have peace with God. I'll enjoy peace with God. And if I'm at peace with God, I will be at peace with everybody else. So to overcome the worries and fears, we need the peace. And Jesus says, my peace I give you. That means we need to learn how to have peace from Jesus. That means we need to read God's Word. We need to dig into God's Word and discover the truths and the promises. The power is in the promises. Let's look at uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come to me, all you who are weary 
and burden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus says, are you, are you weary? Are you tired? Are you stressed out carrying everything? Do you have no peace? Come to me and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. So I'm gentle and humble in heart. So peace is not given to us that we just, oh man, now I have peace. No, we have to learn how to have peace because Jesus teaches us how. Now look at this uh, picture. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. Uh, and this is a yoke. A yoke is a piece of wood that goes on a, two oxen or two cattle. And the farmer would yoke a mature oxen, an older oxen who knows how to plow with a younger oxen. And they would, and this is how they taught the younger ox how to plow. And so when you're yoked together and you got that thing around each of your necks, you know, when the, where one goes, the other goes too. <laughs> There's really no choice. And they learn how to farm and how to behave, how to listen to the farmer's commands by being yoked, by being yoked to one another. And Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. That means Jesus has one part on his neck, the other part on yours, and you have to be willing to take Jesus' yoke. He doesn't chase you around and try to put it on you. You have to be willing to learn. And when we're yoked to Jesus, that means where Jesus goes, I go. Where Jesus goes, I go. Jesus goes left, I go left. When Jesus goes right, I go right. When Jesus uh, says, whoa, don't go over there, we stop because Jesus stopped. When Jesus says, hey, look at that person over there, he needs help, let's go help him. Where Jesus goes, I go. We learn how to have peace through Jesus. That means you have to, you have to read the Gospels. You have to read how Jesus dealt with people, how he loved them and forgave them, how he spoke the truth with love. And then we learn the heart of Jesus and we learn how to have peace. We do what Jesus did. We learn from Jesus and we find rest for our souls. He will help you carry those heavy burdens. You don't have to be afraid. But we know as we, God's love, we have God's word, they give us peace. But we also know we have two main enemies of peace. And so let's look at this thought. The two main enemies of peace. Now we know our enemies are the world, the flesh, and the devil. Scripture says that. But you know, we are our own worst enemy. I mean, we really are. When I talk to people, you can blame the devil, but man, we are our own worst enemies. Uh, John 14, 27 again. Peace I leave you, leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you, give to you as the world gives. <clears throat> do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So the first uh, enemy of peace that is within us is worry. Worry, don't let your hearts be troubled. You ever get a troubled heart, troubled mind? Man, it's just, we're worried about something. Now, don't get me wrong, worry can be a good thing. We're supposed to care about people and be concerned genuinely about people. We need to be concerned about things and plan for things. But the problem is when worry, when we start worrying about things we cannot control, that's when it becomes an idol. We worry about it, we think about it, we become obsessed with it, and we focus all our attention on worry, on things we can't control, and it becomes an idol. I remember the old uh, TV show, The Outer Limits, you know? And it used to start with ding, 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 ding. You have lost control of your TV. We've taken control. And that's when we worry, when we can no longer control 
something. Worry is all about control. What is one thing you can't control now that worries you? Does it worry you? You think about it, it disturbs you. Uh, my wife and I are about ready to go on a vacation to um, Yellowstone. We're going to drive all the way up to Yellowstone. So I, I kind of worry about the car making it. You know, so I've done the right things. I take it to the shop, and, and I'm going to get the tires rotated tomorrow. But if I worry too much, I'll just say, well, I, I'm not going to go. I can't go because my worry will uh, consume me. I can't control uh, those things. You know, we think about things you worry about. It takes a lot of energy. And guess what? Worry breeds more worry. <laughs> okay, more and more. Matthew 6:34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Jesus said you can't change the future you, by, by worrying. Worrying can't change the past. Worrying cannot control the future. Worry only makes you more miserable. And so that means you stop playing the what-if game. What if? You know, what if my kid never goes to college and you obsess over it? Or on the other hand, what if my kid goes to college, how do I pay for it? What if my company goes out of business and I lose my job? What if? What if? It makes us, it consumes us. And Satan loves it when you play the what if game because you'll put so many scenarios in your brain. You'll start burning your brain, overthinking the possibilities of things that can go wrong. When you start to get concerned, when you start worrying, it should drive you to God. It shouldn't drive you to worrying more. It should say, hey, I'm starting to worry. I'm going to go right to God. Or maybe I'm going to read Psalm 23 and, and rest in the presence of God's word. The opposite of worry is worship. When we worship God, we move closer to his presence. And the closer we get to God, the more clarity we have. The more clarity we have, the more we can make better decisions. Maybe you'll receive clarity and God says, there's nothing you can do about it. Don't worry about it. Just worship me. Or maybe say God will say, hey, here's what you need to do. Here's a pathway through that dark valley. I just need clarity. I need to get let go of that worry. We need to remember that we might not be in control of our future, but Jesus is. God is in control of our future. So the first thing is worry. Don't let your hearts be troubled. The second enemy that's within us is fear. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't be afraid. Now, don't get me wrong. Fear is a good thing. It keeps us from hurting ourselves. I'm afraid of rattlesnakes. I don't know about you, but I've almost stepped on three of them in my life. And I am afraid of rattlesnakes, so I don't play with them. All right? I just don't play with them because I'm afraid they will bite me. We had one in the back of my mom's house once. You know, just a little baby thing, but it was a rattler. But when we start fearing things that are not real, when we start uh, making up things to be afraid of, when we let our furry, furry, worry, <laughs> when you do fear and worry, it becomes furry. Fear, when we start to worrying, it makes our fear grow more. We make them into idols, and fear is debilitating. It freezes you. You, you don't want to do anything. You're afraid to do anything. Fear will consume you and eventually lead you into darkness and depression, or you'll cover up that worry and fear with addictive behavior. Fear is our enemy. So what uncertainty are you facing today? Does it fear you with dread? It fills your mind and your heart. It causes you to worry. I went for a, a dental appointment at a new doctor, and I'm filling out the medical form, and I, 
Have you ever had cancer? I'm like, ah, great. Now I have to mark that I had cancer. And when I mark that, it's like a reality check. And there's that little bit of fear that goes down my spine. You know, fear. We don't need to be afraid because Jesus gives us peace. Not the peace that the world gives, but the peace that God gives. And you know, that peace is really two parts. First, we get peace with God. That's the part of Jesus' peace that he gives. Peace with God. That means I don't have to be afraid of God's wrath. That's why I became a Christian when I was 12 years old, because I wanted to go to heaven, and I didn't want to go to hell. And Jesus said, if I believe in him and trust in him, I can go to heaven. I can follow him to heaven. I became a Christian at age 12. I have peace with God. I don't have to be afraid. On the other hand, the second part of that peace, we have the peace of God. The peace of God that we're talking about today, the peace that passes all understanding. We don't have the future because God holds us in his hand. That doesn't mean bad things won't happen to us in this world. But no problem is bigger than my God. My God is bigger than my problems. 1 John 4, 16. God is love. Whoever, is in, whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, Love is made complete among us so that we have confidence, full confidence on the day of judgment because in this world we are like him. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because this fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We don't have to be afraid when we rest in God's perfect love. God's love gives me confidence and courage for today and tomorrow. When, I'm, when I am in God's perfect Love, I don't have to be afraid. Now remember, the word perfect does not mean spotless. The word perfect in Scripture is mature. That means, Jesus says, I want you to be perfect. That means I want you to mature. That means our love needs to be mature love. It needs to be grown-up love. And when we are mature in God's love, it drives away all fears. Why do people are so nervous and scared, and they talk, and they can't stop talking? Because they're immature children in God's love. What are you worried about? What is causing you to be afraid? Now let's look at the real key to peace. This is kind of an interesting thought that I, I gained as I studied, studied this passage and this topic. The key to real peace is joy. Alright? If you don't have joy in your heart as an end product of God's love and peace, you really have no peace. Now, you can say, I have peace, but I'm telling you right now, if you're a believer, you have no peace in God if there is no joyce. Philippians 4.4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Always rejoice. It's repeated twice for emphasis. When they repeat something twice in Scripture, it's always to make a point. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Joy is a vital, important part of a believer's strength and stability. See, when we don't have that joy, it's easy to fall back into those scary feelings, uh, the, the scary worries. Paul repeats, rejoice in the Lord always twice. When joy fills your head and heart, there's no room for worries. There's no room for fears. If you don't have joy in your heart, you really don't have peace. And so this joy, once again, comes from experience God's presence, being in his purpose, being in his power, and experiencing his peace. And now that, 
That phrase, rejoice in the Lord, always is a command. All right? If it's a command, that means joy is not an emotion or a feeling. Okay? It's a fruit of the Spirit. It is a deep down confidence and satisfaction that God is in control of everything. And you maybe might not smile on the outside, but inside your heart smiles because you are in the presence of God. You are good. You are satisfied in God. When you are content and satisfied in the Lord, it means everything is right in the world. Okay, no matter what's going on, no matter if people are firing missiles and lobbing bombs at each other, you are right in the world. You're in the center of God's presence. You're in the center of God's purpose and His power and His peace. That is a joy that comes from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Life does not get any better than this. Uh, look at this thought. I've shared this before. Westminster Catechism. This is a, a saying that's in a book of doctrine of the Westminster uh, Seminary. What is the chief end of man? The answer, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. See, there's so many Christians that say they, they love Jesus and they're following Him. They're tired. They're burdened. You know, I'm burnt out. All these things. You know, I, I'm going to do my duty. Blah, 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 blah. It's like a a job. It's like a, a, a horrible responsibility. It's like having children and you have no choice but to take care of them. No, we must be filled with joy. The chief end is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And it's wonderful to enjoy God's love. You know, I love, I enjoy the love of my wife, uh, my kids, and grandkids. You know, when I'm with them and I experience that joy, that relationship, and it enables me. It empowers me to serve them more, to please them more, and to love them more. When I'm in God's joy and in His love, in His peace, it, it enables me, empowers me to do more. I want to do more. I want to please God because when I please God, it gives me more joy. Joy enables you to rise above the circumstances, your circumstances. It enables you to endure difficult times. So what else can we do that gives us peace. Our next thought is this. A robust prayer life gives you peace. A robust prayer life gives you peace. The best defense against the enemies that pursue us is a good offense. We push. We push back against worries and fears by praying. Not just praying once in a while. Not just praying at uh, dinner. We pray all the time. We stop being anxious and worried by praying. And we have a robust prayer life. We pray all the time. We pray different prayers. Look at Philippians 4, 6. Look at all the different types of prayers we're supposed to pray. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That word guard means to station a guard. It's a military term. You stake out the guards of your heart and mind, and it will protect you. That's a definitive thought. You take a stand. So we see here that communication is the key. We keep the lines open. We talk to God in many different ways. And here we see four types of prayers that Paul uh, gives us. Look at the, this slide. God says, talk to God with prayer. And I just talk, I think of prayer as just approaching God. We're going to have a conversation with God. And, you know, when we talk to God, that means we listen. 
We have two ears and only one mouth. So we listen to God. Then we have prayers that are a petition. And I like to think of these as praying for people and their needs. I petition God on behalf of my family or my friends. You know, people call me all the time and tell me I need prayer. Uh, next prayer is thanksgiving. Acknowledge the blessings. Acknowledge the answered prayers. Tell God that you are grateful and you are content. Then the fourth prayer is request. Ask for things. Ask God for your specific need. Now there's other prayers like we should be praising God, we should be proclaiming His name, but these are just four. Paul's saying you got to pray. Have a robust prayer life. See, when you're connected to God in this way, in such a personal way, you will have the peace that passes all understanding. The world thinks that peace, the definition of peace is the absence of trouble. Believers know that we have peace in the middle of trouble. Stand watch over your head and your heart. Don't let anyone or anything make you afraid or make you worry. The last thought I want to share today to give you peace, we need healthy thinking. Healthy thinking gives you peace. What you think about all the time determines what you do. I've been thinking about fishing, so I'm going fishing tomorrow. What you think about all the time determines how you feel, and how you feel make, uh, determines, okay, I'm confused now. Thinking determines, makes you, okay. What you think about determines how you feel. How you feel about things makes you do certain things. So the key to changing your worries and your fears is by changing the way you think. Transform yourselves by the renewing of your mind. The word repent doesn't mean change your behavior. Change, it means change your thinking. You need to reprogram your mind. Uh, how many of you are familiar with this phrase? Uh, G-I-G-O, garbage in Garbage out. Put garbage in our head, that's what we're going to think about. Okay, and that's what comes out. You know, you put all sorts of thoughts like pornography or anger or lust or selfishness or pride in your head, that's what is going to come out. So if you're thinking hurtful, negative, toxic thoughts, that's what you are going to feel. I was talking to someone recently about uh, counseling about something, and, and they just can't let go of those uh, toxic, negative thinking. And after a while, I realized she is just talking herself into feeling bad. All right? When you fill your mind with toxic, negative uh, things, you talk yourself into feeling bad and feeling worse, and to a point where she is unable to break free. But it's all up here. A robust prayer life gives you peace. You start feeling your thoughts with God's word. Healthy thinking gives you peace. Uh, Philippians 4.8. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Think about the love for you have for your spouse, the day you got married. Be grateful for your spouse. You know, think about how you're grateful you have a job to provide for your family. Be thankful that God loves you, that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Be thankful that God is using you today. Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in practice, and the God of peace will be 
with you. Change your programming, change the way you think. So, do you focus on the negatives and the bad all the time? When someone tells you about somebody, do you immediately go to the bad thing that person did to you or all the good things that person did for you? You know, you talk about, a, if I ask a person what their problem is and they talk about their parents, they don't talk about how the parents raised them and loved them and took them to Disneyland. They just talk about that one bad thing or that bad issue. When you talk about your spouse and you say, well, you know, my husband's pretty good. You know, he's a good provider. But when you say but, what does that mean? You're focusing on the bad. Okay? That's why we pray and give thanksgiving because we focus on the good. Instead of focusing on the bad, think, focus on the thing God loves, that God cares about, things that are holy and admirable, about all the good God wants you to do in the world. Think about God's blessings and God's promises that you have not taken hold of. That's how you make every day count. Think about these things. Give God thanks for these things. Meditate on these things. Seek these things. Dream about these things. Pray for these things. Flood your mind with these things. You control the input. Peace is about you letting go of your pride and letting Christ flood you with his love and his word and his wisdom. You control the channel. That means you stay off social media if it's unhealthy. Instead, you stay on God's word. You know, turn off the TV, turn off the things that are filling you with bad things. Turn on Christian music or, or Christian stations or uh, whatever. Change the channel. You control the channel. Stay away from toxic people if they are toxic. Instead of panic, when you have learned to have peace, instead of panic, you will pray. Instead of stress, you will seek to serve someone. Instead of fear, you will have faith. Instead of worry, you just worship God. It's an automatic response. Worry undermines a Christian experience. Worship enhances the Christian experience. Hurt people hurt people. There's no doubt about that. That's just their goal. That just gives them a purpose for living. Peaceful people will bring peace to people. And isn't that what God wants us to do? To be, uh, have the shoes of peace that carry us to share God's love and message. Brothers and sisters, are you worrying so much it upsets your stomach, gives you an ulcer? Are you afraid? You don't have to live that way. God says, I will give you peace. We talked about different ways to have peace. Where to find it? If you're having troubles... You still need help. Come and see me or Pastor Steve. We want to help you. Join a small group. Get some brothers and sisters to walk with you uh, and, and, and help you out. Now remember, you cannot have peace with other people until you have peace with God. If you find yourself in constant conflict, uncertain about your future, uncertain whether you're going to heaven or hell, you need the peace that Christ offers. You need to get right with Jesus Christ. Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord? Have you trusted in Him and let Him come into your life? Have you allowed the Holy Spirit to the conduit, be the conduit of God's blessings in you? You will have no peace until you commit your life to the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm hoping that you'll do that today. Maybe you're here uh, worshiping with us. Maybe you're listening online or listening to this recording. Jesus loves you. He wants you to have everything. His presence, power, and purpose and peace. Won't you trust in him today and give your heart to him? Let's close with John 16, Jesus speaking here. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world.
Let's pray. Father, we know that you have overcome the world. You did so when you came to this world as a baby and you lived and you taught us and you did not sin, but yet you died on that cross for our sin and you rose from the dead to show you have power to give us peace and you promised to give us eternal life. Father, we thank you for the power that you want to give us today. I pray that everyone here watching and listening will have peace in their life, not the world's peace, but the peace that passes all understanding when they trust in you as their Savior and their Lord. Father, we just want to worship you now and praise you. Touch our hearts, convict us, guide us, open our hearts to you. We worship you, we believe in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand as we sing. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to the other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.